Now we are in a series of uh, surrender. And uh, this month we speak the whole month on surrender to come out of limitation, to move in total obedience. And uh, we start last weekend or the previous weekend, last weekend, two weekends ago, about surrender. And what does surrender mean in biblical terms? The word surrender is completely gives up his own will and subjects his thoughts, his ideas, and his deeds to do the will and the teaching of God's power. He hand himself over. Now we have a perfect example. Three things every person needs in his life is a model, a mentor, and followers and friends. Now, Jesus was the perfect model. He, 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 he actually displayed to us what it is. He came with the most devastating, crucial assignment to pay it with his blood so that we could be redeemed. And he knew it. But he hand himself over to the will of the Father. Say to the will of the Father. Now in Romans chapter 6 and verse 13 in the B section, but the translation I want us to read there is the TEV translation. And uh, it says, give yourself. Now listen, who must do it? Everybody is waiting for God. God, will you do it? God said, <laughs> I've already done it. I'm waiting for you to do it. See, this, that's where people are messed up and nothing is accomplished on the face of the earth because we say God's going to do it. God said, I've done it, everything. There was a word utter on the hill of Calvary, on the skull. Tetelestai. It is finished. The price has been paid. Now, if Jesus made a statement in John chapter 20 and verse 21, just as my Father has sent me, I sent you, it means it's in the finished work of Calvary. You see, there's so many billions of Christians on the face of the earth. South Africa, 85% Christian. Why, if it was true, why do we have all the calamity, the sicknesses, the diseases, the crime, the murders, the robbing, and the poverty levels that this nation is operating in? Now, this is what Jesus said. He said to them again, peace to you. Do you read the word just there? What does the word just mean? Netsua, just the perfect example, the same mindset, the same mentality, the same instruction. Just as the Father has sent me forth, so I am sending you. Now listen to Romans chapter 6, 13. Give 
yourself. Give yourself to God. <laughs> oh, my word. Did you hear that scripture? Now, now a, a smart Alec wants to try me. Jesus said that to the heathen. No, this letter was written to the Christians in Rome. They were already born again, spirit-filled, and then Paul spoke to them. And he said, just give yourself to God. Surrender your whole being, body, soul, and spirit. That's why we have a lot of monsters on the face of the earth. The spirit man say, walk that side, but the flesh say, go that side. Help me. He says, surrender your whole being to him. Why? Why must I hand myself over to God? To be used. To be used. Say, to be used. Oh, no, 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 no. Say it with authority. To be used. You, you see, there was a time that the devil used us well. He used you very, very, very well. But now I transfer from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. And now I must be used. Ephesians chapter 4, they don't need to put it up. The apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and the pastor, what are their duty? Has been given for the equipping of the saints for the work, the work of the... So ministry is work. <laughs> Somebody said, I wish I had your job. I said, why? He said, you people only work on Sundays. I said, buddy, we work 24-7. He thought we only go Sundays, and that's all what we do. And from Monday to Saturday, we in Magabine or in uh, one and only hotel and eat Greek and Lebanese and Indian curry and, and Chinese charpey dog. That's what they think we do. But ministry is work. So what are we doing this morning? Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. <laughs> because family, if it says so that surrender your whole being, body, soul, spirit, to him to be used for righteous purposes. Now, now Jesus, <laughs> where was the first betrayal? Where people move out under, and I touched on last week, out under surrender to their own will happened in the Garden of Eden. Can I get an amen to that? Because before that, Adam and Eve was in his presence, and they were there, what God said they must do. That's why they didn't have clothes on, and they were really busy until that day. Then they moved out under surrender and they start doing it their way. Satan's trap is still to get people to do it their way. COVID-19 is there to do it <laughs> their way. Come on, the economist wants it to do it their way. 
Well, God's got a perfect way to do it. So now we subject to all these other ways. One little virus, you haven't seen it, but we walk like cowboy and crooks. Our lives are transformed and changed. It's amazing how quickly we can settle for less than God's best. Because where did Jesus broke and he break this thing? You find him in the garden again. Where exactly where it started, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. And he went to pray. And then he prayed a prayer. Father, if it's your will, let the cup pass me by. But not my will. Say not my will. You see, there's a danger when I learn do it my will. It's a danger. Because that's how we program. That's how we want to live. Because our nature is, I want to be in control. Help me. Now, I know not one of you here are guilty with that. You're the most open obedient, submissive, phenomenal, exciting Christians. You were dressed five o'clock this morning to be in the 9.30 service. And you cannot wait to go home and you pluck yourself in front of the device when you're going to watch the, the broadcast at six o'clock tonight. And you so excited, you pray, you fast, you give, you worship God the whole day, and you so just what excited. Thank you for the eye. That tells me it is not like that. Because influence is all over the world. And then Jesus went back a few times to pray. And then the last time when he knelt down after he told his disciples, pray, be alert. The Bible says he prayed with such intense that his sweat turned into blood. And he said, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, the very place in a garden where people move out under surrender, out under submission, out under God's will, and start moving in their own will, Jesus paid the price that you and I and every viewer and every listener and every Christian on the face of the earth never ever have to do it our way, but to do it His way. God's way. He broke the ability that people never need to live a life outside God's surrender or to surrender unto God. Now, Jesus made a statement that can quite worries us. He says in Matthew chapter 7 and in verse number 16, to 24. Now here he spoke to the scribes, Pharisees, his disciples. 
you will fully recognize them by their fruits. How will we recognize God's people? How will you recognize false prophets? Because that's what it's come to. By their fruit. In other words, the fruit I bear declare if I'm doing God's will or not God's will. He says, by the fruits, do people pick grapes from thorns or thicks from thistles? Verse 18, 17. Even so, every healthy sound tree bears good fruit, worthy of admiration, but the sickly, decaying, worthless tree, listen, he was using the example, but speaking about people. He says, but the sickly, decaying, worthless tree bears bad, worthless fruit. Verse number 18. A good, healthy tree cannot bear bad, worthless fruit, nor can a bad, the the seized tree bear excellent fruit worthy of admiration. 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, and cast into the fire. 20. Therefore, you will fully know them by their fruits. 21. (laughs) Oh, my word. This is scary. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Did you read there, and that's in the Bible, that everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter, but there's a difference between those that just do lips wise, he says it's by doing the will of the Father who is in heaven. 22, he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many mighty works in your name? 23, and then I will say to them, openly, publicly, I never knew you. Hey, Simbaya, Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. He says, depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commandments. Now, what did we read here the whole time? Give yourself. You must come to, and I must be at the place of decision 24. He says, so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, can you see the whole line, the a golden thread going through the blood. He says, of mine and acts upon them, 
obeying them. It's not good only to hear the word. I must do it. I must do it. I can hear and have all the knowledge and written 200 books and 3,000 books and I can know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But if I don't do it, I don't do it. My lips will say one thing and my heart will say another thing. He says, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man who bolts his house upon the rock. Somebody say, upon the rock. Now, you must understand, God called you to change the world. He placed you on the face of the earth to be a world changer. Somebody say, a world changer. A world changer. He called you to be a world changer. Say a world changer. Now, now surrender means the only way how I can get to the point of the divine purposes, what God has designed me. What did we discover during these times? Bible says you were created by God for God. Not for your spouse first and your children and your family. No! He first designed you, what's that other thing's name? The new song, I don't even know it. And uh, because it was after my time. Listen, God designed you for a purpose for him. Listen, so that you can fulfill the purpose, what you were designed for. Otherwise, if you're not busy with what God has purpose, you're busy with plans. And plans makes you limited. Help me. And a lot of Christians, the majority of the Christian world, are living in limitations. That means they don't believe the word that God can do all things. I can do all things because God is in me and in you through Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Now we limit it because our minds works with calculators, diagnosis, bank statements, uh, the climate that they set in the world. While well, God works with faith and with vision. As a man thinketh in his own heart, so is he. So the enemy know that scripture, and he wants to keep you in bondage, limited, no potential, and you feel this is all what life has God gave you, <laughs> he wants you to have mocha java ice cream and you stay with vanilla. 
and you never move out of that close mindset of doing what God has designed you to do. Now, Paul described again in Romans chapter number 12 and in verse 1 and 2. And here is a word again. Somebody say, action! Now, now Kayla played in the movies, and she can tell you they have that board there, and the set is done. And then they say something, and then they say action. Clap! And when the action, the actors must react. There must be movement. Otherwise, it's just the statues here at the, when you get off the off ramp, that people that stand there with the white faces like that, I say, Jesus, I feel so sorry for them. Because, and that's how many Christians are. We've got our Christian jacket on, and we say we love Jesus, and that's where it stops. But to serve God costs more than just a jacket. It costs action. And listen, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties, lungs, liver, mouth, ears, eyes, nose. I will not go lower than that. As a loving sacrifice. King James says, present yourself. You must present yourself. You, you, you see, God could have chosen angels that immediately hark to the voice of God. They're obedient. But God chose us above the angels that our choice making will bring greater honor to him than just being like a robot and respond to everything. It's choices. Say choices. That's going to make a difference. He says, presenting all your members and faculties as a loving sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Verse 2, he says, now remember there, do not be conformed to the world. <laughs> do not be conformed to this world. I came out of the 60s, out of the Pentecostal, the Blue Rocky movement. And uh, I said, yeah, Nikki's homegoing service, she had a bun as big when we walk next to each other. You know, I had a black suit, a white tie. When me and the deacons came out, or the elders out of the prayer room, all the prayer rooms was on the stage. And it looks like, save the penguins, save the penguins. Just save the penguins all the time. And uh, when we walk next to each other there in Petratif, it looks like I'm pushing a Vespa scooter with the spare wheel. She had a bun. My Lord Jesus, you cannot sit back at her because you must peep around the thing. You know, and we thought, don't be conformed to the world. Woman doesn't put on makeup. They don't pluck their eyebrows, they don't shave their arm uh, pips and their legs and 
men looks like nerds on vocation. We had that round railway shoes and no skinny trousers and, you know, a black suit or a khaki suit with a white shirt and a tie and also not a fancy tie. Very bored. And then we had this hairstyles, a cave at Vietnivar at Isni. That we brill cream, it hangs like, it looks like a motorcycle handle. Because remember, I grew up in the time of the ducktails. Now, some of you will not know what a ducktail was. And uh, no mohawks and uh, track in your hair. And no glasses. They would think John Lennon came out of the dead if they saw me with these glasses. And, uh, and we say we holy. But we gossip. We hated each other. We, we were worse than the world. And what Paul meant here, do not be conformed to the world. The sage fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. You know, yesterday was a day in this nation where people slaughter animals for the blood for ancestor worship. Last night, after we, the family were together, I was on the way home. These people with the white dresses in every enter cities and every main places, they don't care about rain. When you go to LWPC, they sit there in the field, it rains. While we Christians say, I'm not going to church this morning, it it. it it rains. It rains. I'm afraid I'm going to get a cold. They dedicate their children there to witchcraft. Come on. You see, we, 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 we are behind. He says, don't fashion yourself to the customs that after and adapt it to its external superficial customs. It's a shame. If the world are more dedicated and hand over to God than what we are who are bought with his blood, it's a shame. Now, now let me just finish. He says, but be transformed. Do you read the word change there? Is the word change there? Ah, oh, there's the word changed. That's a thing we hate. We hate change. We hate change. Kayla took me to a Pakistani barber. And she said, Opa, you're going to sit in the chair and I'm going to tell them how to cut your hair. Oh, my Lord Jesus. To get to this change was quite in the beginning. I looked and he was cutting and cutting and and I have a railway track here. And, and she said, because I want you to be the most funky opa. And then I realize we don't like change. We are so connected to customs. Remember when we start singing more than two fast songs. The church was angry with me. The vice chairman, Fisi Voorzitter, is altijd vies for the Voorzitter. And said, it's disorder. 
They come me at church board, that demon meetings. I went to a conference, and that time the bell bottoms was in. I had a pair of white shoes with a red bell bottom trousers. The bell bottom was like shoe. And the outfit, and I sat on the platform. They chased me off. They say, I must go and repent, and I need a good shake. Because people don't like it. We always want the familiar. We hate the unknown. We hate the unknown. And that's why Paul comes to that church and he tells them, he said, change must happen here. Change must happen in the church world or over the world. He says, by the entire renewal of your mind. By the in, do you read the word entire there? Algehele, complete. By the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself, so that you may know, he says, what is. Listen, what is God's plan for your life? What is the good? Somebody say the good. Did you read bad there? Did you read evil there? No, it's not in God's vocabulary. So death and robbing and getting sick and, and uh, somebody tries to comfort us and says, this morning also in the 8 o'clock service, somebody came in there and said, God needed her. He plucked the, the little flower. It was her time. You know, we have all these cliches. And our oldest son died. I said, man, Christians can be cruel. They came to me and said, what did you and your family sin that God is punishing you like this? And I said, can I help you? I said, God, I know I'm not perfect. If God wants to whip me, he can whip me. He doesn't need to kill a child to whip me. There's no death university, sickness university, University of poverty to get you graduated for something. Come on, people. That's what tradition told us. And that's why the world is messed up. Because Paul says, God only has, he said, that you may prove the good, the acceptable, and the perfect, the perfect, the perfect, the perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Now when you read John chapter 10, Jesus came and he revealed the devil. The devil. The devil doesn't care if you use partial truth. Most nonsense and operations in the world and big organizations started. Do you know the new apostolic church? We came out of that. We're a church where the Holy Ghost moved in Germany, spirit-filled. Until they start fighting each other. And who's the apostle and who's that? And then they start that movement. And then uh, the, the, no, the old apostolic came. 
and then they broke at a split, and then the other apostolics came. And today, they invade the earth. The Mormons, the jolly witnesses, I mean the Jehovah Witnesses. You see, they start, they took a truth, twisted, partial truth, believe in God. But everything else that follows is from the pit of hell. Don't worry. You're going to be out for the fried chicken. Listen, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I came that you might have life. He first said, the thief comes only to kill, steal, or to steal, kill, and to destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life, that they, I want to show you who are the they. It's not everybody. We were reading the scripture. It's not everybody that says Lord. God said it's not everybody that says God. In the Old Testament, they serve me with their lips, but their hearts are not in it. Think how it is to be married to somebody. He tells you or she tells you how they love you, but their heart is not in that marriage. Come on. That's why you will find his ex-girlfriend picture, the one in her bikini in your Bible. Or you find her, he's standing there, man, he's got a six-pack, and he's in a speedo. And at the precious scripture, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. You see, it must be terrible. Think about God looking at us. And he knows the motives of your heart. If we say, I love you, Lord, then the Lord said, oh, my word. I wish it would come out of the heart. I surrender all. I wish it would come out of the heart. And because we are known by fruit, the devil knows when it's a heart issue or only a mouth issue. Oh, my word. I see some said, oh, why did we come to this Mother Day service? We thought a woman is going to preach. We should have stayed home. No, no, you need to hear this word because you need to come out of limitation, be set free in your mind that you can heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead, preach the gospel, make disciples, change the world. God is going to use people to do it. He says... But I came that they may have, may have. And what's the next word? Do you know there's many people that don't enjoy to serve God? People told me, said, oh no, I don't want to serve God. It's an unhappy business because the Christians I know, they sour, they complain, they always find fault, they gossip, they, they not what I think Christianity is going to be. I told you when we were a child that this lady brought her son to church. Now, he takes a bit more communion than usual. So he had a bubble on Sunday, and he sat there, and everybody was singing, when we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. How many of you know that song? You old. And everybody's crying. Now, he's a bit 
He said, Mom, why are they crying? She said, Son, because they're happy. He said, Oh, Jesus, I don't want to see them when they're sad. Listen, family, this is serious business. He says that they may enjoy life. Enjoy life. If we can smile more, the plastic surgeons will have less work. Help me to enjoy life. I and you and everybody else can do nothing about yesterday. Cannot. Tell the children we can do nothing about what happened. But we can do everything now and for the future. He says that they can enjoy life and have it held in abundance to the full. Till it, did you read overflow there? So God doesn't want you to be in no flow or a little flow or underflow. He wants you to be in the overflow. Say overflow. Say surrender. Say overflow. That I can enjoy life. And turn to somebody say, Ah ha 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 ha. Come on, some of you need a good dose of laughter. Say, Ah ha ha ha. Because it's exciting to serve God. To serve God. I'm not sad because I serve God. I'm excited <laughs> because I know He has risen. Now listen, in John chapter 1, and uh, Scripture says there, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word came and took on flesh and dwelt among us. Is that what the Scripture says? And the Word was God Himself. That's Jesus. Say it's Jesus. So this living word, verse 14, he says, and that word, the word Christ, that word, became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacled, fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. You see, that's the character what we are supposed to operate in. Help me, somebody. Now, if you read in verse number 12, it says, but to as many, the scriptures before says, he came to his own, they didn't recognize him, and they did not receive him. But as many as that received and welcomed him, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become the children of God that is to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. The King James says, those or they. 
So the John chapter 10, 10 is for only the ones who are living out John chapter 1, verse 12. Come on, somebody. The abundant life. The life as God has given it to us. What does Matthew chapter 4, 4 says? Jesus spoke to the serpent and he tells us, man shall not live from the family meal that I skip God's meal. Man shall not live from bread alone. Kentucky, Nando's, McDonald's. Yeah, Nikki was a McDonald's fan. I wonder if they've got up there for her a McDonald burger and an ice cream. Bless her darling heart, Jesus. And uh, said, that's not what we're going to live from. We will live from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus said, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained, upheld and sustained by bread alone, but his life will be upheld and sustained by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. So we've been reading this morning, it's action involved all the time. Now in verse number 19 of that same Matthew chapter 4, and this is the purpose. Jesus now, and he said to them, that's the fishermen, come after me. Say surrender. He says, as what? You see, this is where we stop. Because we won't, don't want to be disciples, we want to be apostles. Oh, I am a prophet. And sometimes that prophet does not spell P. R-O-H. That one is spelled P-R-O-F-I-T. He says, follow me after me as disciples. What is a disciple? Say a learner. Someone who learns how to live life significant. I didn't say successful, because success in this world is described in the car you drive, the house you live in, how much money you have, and people are still miserable. You need to be significant, successful. He says, as disciples, not church members only, not as churchgoers, he says, as disciples, letting me be your guide. We had a high intelligent woman came to the church many years ago and she came to the Lord out of the Dutch reform, gave her heart to the Lord, was baptized and filled with the Spirit and she got involved with another couple that was cuckoo. Did you see that old clocks when the little birdie comes out, the cuckoo clock? Okay. And I said, I found her after the service I said, why haven't you been in the service? She said, the anointing comes out of my hands, her hands now. She said, as I was pulling in the church gate, I asked, 
anoint me if I'm supposed to be in the service. She said, and no anointing came. So I know I was not supposed to be in the service. I said, you know the anointing is not enough. God can anoint a stick. He anoint five loaves and two fishes. He anoints he anoint, uh, empty containers, water turned into wine. He anoint Peter. And Peter said, I don't know him. I, I know nothing about him. I said, you need the word of the Lord with the anointing. Because the anointing can never overpower the word. Ooh, I can feel that holy cow <laughs> scream now as we slaughter him right now in Jesus' name. Because people got caught up in all this junk, all these rituals, all these, these, these man-made things, and they made the gospel complicated while it's just simple. Jesus said, follow me as my disciples. Let me be your guide, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it... Uh, a requirement is, I must surrender. Surrender. Somebody say surrender one more time. That's a word we don't want to hear. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, 38, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Wow. Help us, Jesus. If you don't take up your cross, if you don't follow him, remember he's now recruiting, calling people for God's purpose. Just as my father has sent me, I send you. So he was making disciples, and he said, he didn't say it's going to be easy. No, not easy. Because there's a devil out there. And if you don't believe in him, Watch out. <laughs> but he gave you the equipment. He says, he who does not take up his cross and follow me up, or follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conforming wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also, is not worthy of me. We have a lot of atheist Christians they say they're Christian, but they don't believe. We have a lot of fabricated Christians. They came through the, you know, the factory. It was never a heart issue. It was something with the mind. And you cannot serve him with your mind only. You need to serve him with your heart, your mind, your body. Present yourself. Nobody else is going to do it. You need to do it. Say, here I am, Lord. Whom shall I send? Whom shall go? Uh, until Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Nothing happened. Until Samuel answered, speak, Lord, your servant, listen. Because that was the fourth time when God spoke. And he answered that because Eli was so backslidden. Uh, he first, uh, he thought it was Eli calling him. The boy was seven years of age. And after the third time, Eli recognized or realized it's God. And when Samuel said, speak to me, Lord, here I am. God shared with him the principles. He says, if you don't pick up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy 
The other translation says, the CEV translation says, you are not fit to be my disciple. It cost surrender. In Matthew 16, 24, uh, what, what we were reading, that deny himself, take up his cross, and he follow me. Now, Jesus was serious about following him. Have you seen how many false Christs rise up and say, I'm the Christ, I'm the Christ, I'm the Christ. In the, the African countries, people are rising up now. And Jesus warned us against that. He said, don't be moved or mesmerized by that. He said, that is the pattern the world will follow. I mentioned here last Sunday, even the Jewish people had now a young man, his name is David, and they crowned him now as the Messiah. Because surrender is the heart of doing the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. And that's what it is because Jesus said something so phenomenal. He says, if, Matthew 12, 30, he that is not with me in operation, that's why we co-laborers with God, he who is not with me, definitely on my side. That's the Bible, people. I know we hate these kind of preaching, teaching thing. We want a preacher that can let us jump off and bite the chair in two pieces and slam somebody with the Bible over the head in the service and jump on the chairs. And then we say, my mother was like that. If it was a service like this, she said, this is the the things that I know was. Because he says, he who is not with me definitely on my side is against me. And he who does not definitely gather with me and for my side scatters. He who doesn't work with me is the other translation, works against me. And it's because they are not surrendered lives. There's no half-hearted way if you want to be a true disciple and doing what Jesus said. Now let me come in for a land. Mark chapter 1, verse 17, 18, and 19. Listen to this. This is Jesus now walking. And there in Mark chapter 1, you will see what surrender means. And Jesus said to them, Come after me and be my, my disciple. And I will make you to become fishers of men. Verse 18. And at once, when did they left the nets? That surrender. At once. That surrender. At once! They left their nets. And yielding up all claim to them, followed with him, joining him as disciples, and siding with his party. The next verse, 19. He went on a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat putting their nets in order. Verse number 20. And immediately he called out to them and abandoning all, 
mutual claims. They left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and went off after him to be his disciples, side with his party, and follow him. Surrender, ladies and gentlemen of family this morning, is the very thing that's going to take you and make you what God has designed you to be. If you think you're right now powerful, without complete surrender, think how phenomenal you will be when you come to the place of I surrender all. An attorney came to Jesus and he asked him this valuable question. And while I'm going to quote the question, I want to help you to understand that Jesus himself, the model, lived a surrendered life. And uh, he said, what must I do to live, to live the great life of the good life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him, he said, love the Lord your God just with a portion of your heart. No. With what? Say the word with me. Say all. It means I cannot do it. 75%, 95%. All means all. If somebody has your heart, what does he have? He has your car, your house, your money, your pension. You share false teeth. If somebody has your heart, who of you were ever in love? Here, slaan die man langs jou nou met die Bijbel, want ek sien nie eer. Whoever was, all of us, there was a time that you were in love. Some of you were epis, apprentices. Now, in the years when we grew up, if it's the end of the month, guess who takes the money? The? The? Okay. And if you were not married, the? Mother. Then she gives you uh, 50, uh, one rand 50. That was 15 shillings when I grew up. That was a lot of money. And uh, 10 shillings were a pound. And uh, now let's get back in rands. Say 15 uh, rands. The smokers must buy cigarettes. You must buy toothpaste, your own toothpaste. She's not going to buy it because you, you. And what did you do when you were in love? You skipped the toothpaste and the cigarette. You rather took the ash of the fire. I grew up in coal stove times. And then you buy her a rose. I went with a bicycle 15 miles to visit a girl with a bicycle. Somebody say crazy was crazy. Now, why? The person suddenly has your heart. So giving, worshiping, time was not the excuse. 
because you don't operate if something got your heart. A fisherman who does it for a hobby, he doesn't care if it's snow, hail, storm, weather, whatever. But a fish even if it's a platana, but he's going to catch something. People with hobbies, you don't care what you spend on because that thing has your heart. Imagine if God can have our hearts. Then tithes, offering, giving to the poor, coming to services, coming to pray, have a life to witness, to testify, to make disciples, will never be an issue because excuses will not be part of my vocabulary. And if you read scripture on here, Jesus came to a few guys and he said, follow me. And the one said, Lord, I bought a piece of land. I first want to check the land out. Now, who buys property without plus excuse? The other one said, I bought oxen. I first need to go and see what the oxen look like. The other one said, I'll, I'll follow you when my father died. If you read it in context, his dad didn't die at that moment. He's going to wait. Now his dad can outlive him. And the other one said, Lord, I first need to marry a wife. You know, I'm getting 40. I look like a bachelor. And, and the Lord said, how terrible it is. Every person that uses excuse after God's instruction missed the moment for power to connect with ability. You sit with ability in this room to change lives, to impact a community, to take the nations of the world for God. But what kept us out of not doing what God instructs us to do. It can be your wounds. World hurts you. Have you ever been hurt? I experienced this week a pain. That was difficult. But we have a choice. I can get better or better. I always choose to the better one. Because every situation, bad experience, is an attack of the enemy for you to create and fabricate an excuse to keep you away from loving God with all of your heart. He said, with all of your mind, Jesus speaking, all of your strength. Do you know everything involved with serving God is going to cost a 100% commitment with your heart, your mind, and your strength, your willpower. I spoke to a person in prison who was a serial killer. And I said, was it difficult, this life that you've been living? The person said, no. He said, it's like anything. He said, the first murder was very difficult to do it. But from the second one, it becomes easier. 
And from the third one, it becomes my nature. And that man taught me a lesson that day. He said, and everything you do, if you start with a small excuse, the sec- the f- you feel guilty, but then the second one is all, but after the third one, it becomes a lifestyle. To use excuses and get in the blame business. I would serve God if it wasn't for him. A wife told me. A husband said, I would live fully out for God if it wasn't for that witch. I said, who's the witch? He said, the one I sleep next to every. I said, my Lord, I'm so glad if I was the woman, I would really feed you something. You see, the world are crippled, and I'm closing. Musicians come. Are crippled because we don't live a life of surrender. We do things half-heartedly. Now, if you've raised children, I was like that. If I asked the children when they were small to do something and they say, yeah, I will, but by that time they have a smack and I've already done what I asked them to do because I don't let nobody do something for me. Even until today, if you say, I will do it, but by that time I say, stop it, don't do it. Because I want you to be blessed and have the blessing of God upon your life. Can you imagine? Jesus said, follow me. Didn't ask a lot. Follow me as my disciples. Put your trust complete. And we've been reading the character he used here. Because Jesus showed us the perfect example. That's the last scripture they put up. And then we're going to pray out of the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7 if I don't live a life of surrender I will produce and fabricate excuses I will live in unforgiveness bitterness hatred guilt past bad experiences At the moment when I'm there and I start fabricate excuses, I become selfish. I'm so self-centered about my ego, what I feel. Now, it's not the group here this morning. It's maybe one of the other services today. I will be self-centered. I become stingy. And I will just think about comfort, what's comfortable. When I do that kind of operation, it leads into limited living. And you will operate from limitations, not in the fullness, the overflow. And limitations is actually a manifestation of fear, doubt, unbelief. While heaven believes in us, Say, heaven believes in me. Do you know heaven believes in you? Do you know God believes in you? He wants to restore people this morning in this service. Where people keep on telling you, can never, my mother was an artist and she did fine art. I've got some art pieces. I've got Venetia there, what she painted. That's very detailed. 
And I always said, Mom, one day I'm going to paint. She said, you can do nothing except preaching and carrying a Bible. You cannot do it. Then I said, Mother, I'm going to paint. She said, you can do nothing except preaching and carrying a Bible. Of course, she didn't believe I could do it. So in quiet, I developed a technique that's three people maybe in the world of painting with toothpicks. Toothpicks. You can do roses and lavender and Table Mountain with toothpicks. Then I said, I'm going to manufacture molds. What for? I said, I'm going to make soap. She said, you cannot do it. You can do nothing except carrying a Bible and preach. She said, the only one that can make molds is Opa Conrad, her husband. So in the quiet, I research and I start making molds. So today I have molds here that nobody else in the world has about Africa and animals and kind of stuff. So one day I went to her home and I had all these figurines of soap and painted with uh, toothpicks on the soap. And she said, where did you buy this? I said, no mother, I did it by myself. She said, you lie. You can do nothing except carrying a Bible and preach. And I said, mother, listen to me. I did it. To prove to her, I took her to an art class where we did the fair ladies. And I start painting. When she died, I cut out her face on the bulletin and I painted it. And when I showed it to Conrad, he said, where did you get this picture? I said, no, I painted it myself. People put limitations on you. Say you're not good, never going to happen. That's all what you're going to be. You're going to be like your black sheep uncle and you're going to be like your grandfather who's hopeless and you're going to be like the neighbor's child who's undeveloped. And, you know, people say the most horrible things. When I move in this town, the pastors got me and say, you will never mount up to anything in this town. This town belongs to us. I'll show you. Get me in the parking lot and say, you, you mess up message of the Bible I had to prove them wrong God wants to prove people wrong that said things about you you are sitting here this morning you were in an abusive relationship and the husband said you will never be anything without me or she said you you will never mount up God wants to break that pattern that thought pattern in your mind. The first world always talk about South Africa as a third world. I said, I'm not a third world. I belong to another kingdom because I belong to the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, there's people sitting here. Everything you try ends up in a mess. You pick up a cup and you drop the thing and they say, oh, clumsy. Your name is from now on Dropsy. Everything you pick up, you drop. You start a business adventure and it flops and they say, see, I told you, you can never do it. Most multi-millionaires was bankrupt at least six to ten times in their life. They told Einstein, you cannot develop the thing that you try. The globe is impossible. I think it was experiment number 1001 or 1000 what he did 
and then he succeeded. See, people say no, and they, they push you in a, in a corner that you only love to say, ah, oh, if I can just make heaven, I can just make it. Maybe a preacher spoke over you. At the age of 15, God used me to raise up a man out of a wheelchair, brother, wait. Then my pastor called me in. And he said, you embarrass me. You humiliate me. He said, tomorrow in the service, you're going to confess to the congregation that you were in the flesh. Because if somebody needs to raise somebody out of a wheelchair, it's me, the pastor. He said, you are a snater, whatever that is. You're too young. You're too big for your boots. He said, I stood up. Me and Vix Lombard, I cried and said, I'm sorry. I was in the flesh. I know I shouldn't have done it. So for years, I couldn't pray for a sick person. If they say somebody's sick, I said, if I'm going to pray for you, you're going to die. So don't get me to pray. Get somebody else. And I build up that thing against the resistance to pray years ago. I had to break that thing down. The night when they shot my sister and the bullet went in the back of her head and pull up everything, she was dead. If I did not pull down that stronghold, I couldn't raise her from the dead. I raised her by the grace of God and mercy. It was in the Joy Magazine of 1999, December. By His mercy and grace. There's people here, you suffer. Because what somebody said that's not in the word, you build your life on that. If you can put that scripture back of Philippians, I'm closing. Somebody viewing right now, I, I see a pastor, you were a ministry, you watched, and because the church board say you're not going to make it, you're the useless one. Some of you retired, and they put you, the prophetic word went out this morning in the 8 o'clock service. Those of you retired, they put you on the shelf and God said, I'm dusting you off. They need you. You're going to see great things is going to happen. It's the whosoever is available. Jesus was the perfect example of surrender. Who although been essentially one with God, the word manifested. <laughs> And in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained. Verse 7. But stripped himself. Somebody say, stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity. So as to assume the guise of a servant, slave, in that he became like man and was born a human being. If you can just put up the King James translation this morning, 
strip himself. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. Somebody say surrender. You see we have a problem with surrender this morning. Because the world lets you surrender to all kinds of stuff. But if you can surrender this morning, you have one life to live. One life. One life. Not a second life. This is not Lofdal's message. This is God's word. He made himself. He stripped himself. He surrendered. Some of you sit here in time to come you'll stand before groups of people you will raise the dead you will preach you will share you will move in dimensions the good acceptable and perfect will of God the devil wants you to be defeated and no hope he wants you to where you're supposed to move on you stop in life he wants to hinder you verse number 8 Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Say surrender one more time. If you can surrender yourself, it's nobody can force you. If a crook wants to rob you, it's amazing how quick you can surrender. He's got a water pistol in his hand. You think it's a real gun and he put it in the back of your back and he say, hands up and you go. What did you do? Surrender. And he stripped you from everything. God said, I give you the free choice of surrender. Don't force you. Go to heaven is not a forced thing. God gives people a choice. You choose. Life and death, the curse and the blessing, heaven or hell, you choose. Because this morning you are part of the end time, what God wants to do on the face of the earth. You may have a few setbacks, but your comeback, your bounce back is so great. I never preach for money. I never let churches pay my airplane tickets. Wherever I travel in the world, I preach at humongous churches. And then they give you a meal. That's okay. God is my source. I'd never used by His grace money as an excuse or a car. And we were driving cars with a wire and a plier. We were on the farm in Hermon preaching here in Cryfontaine. I moved there for the children to go to a farm school for intense teaching. And as we drove, the mudguard fell off. Then I had to stop this little Reynolds. The wheels was as thick as a Mari biscuit. I ride over Lanzel's little chihuahua. The dog just stood up, shook his head and walked further. If you close the door, the doors open the side, not like the car's. If you slam this door, that one jump open. It was really a chicken cage that you can just park. I never used 
I walk 76 miles a week, a week. From Sandam Farm here to Cryfontein. Every day of my life, somebody gave me a car. It was a big, valiant, regal. I didn't have money for petrol. That thing was so heavy. Lord Jesus. I parked it there. I just started now and then. Because we didn't have money. But I walked by His grace. Because I said, if He's got my heart, He's got my feet, He's got my arms, He's got my hands, He's got my money, He's got everything. And this morning is the morning of surrender. Are you willing this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it start there to say, I surrender. I'm not going to be a fabricate Christian. I'm not going to be an atheist Christian. What's an atheist Christian? They believe God is there, but they live as if he doesn't exist. That's how many people live. This nation needs you. Yesterday, people make lavish sacrifices. The money involved in yesterday for this ancestor and the Christian sit there because we have a mentality. I need to be poor. and Poverty is humbleness. That's the biggest lie of the devil from the pit of hell. We're going to build a 10,000-seater facility in time to come. And uh, it's going to cost millions. Now, I see some of you look at me like this. People said that when I arrived in Cryfontaine in 1980, December, and I started this little church next to the highway with three people. Today, this is a mega church with a few thousands of people. And all these services combined by His grace. Are you ready this morning? I remember years ago when I shared it at the funeral. Now, Nikki and myself had to travel by train to preach the gospel. Lanzel was born, so she was about 16. When Lanzel was born, Lanzel was born when she was 15, but now Lanzel was maybe 10 months old. We preached. We took a train. We load people in a train and go to Johannesburg from Kempton Park to preach in uh, parks and on the corner of the street. I've learned, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to share in the glory, you first need to know the story. But it's a thing of surrender. All to thee, my blessed Savior. This morning happens a few weekends now with me when I get ready to get dressed. The Lord said, take this amount of money and take it. And you need to, there's somebody going to be in the 8 o'clock service and you need to do it. I did it. Now I'm not telling you because of, no, no. I think we gave away 34, 35 cars. Two weekends I gave away that I had to bomb a lift because to get a lift home, gave away the cars. That time Lanzel was not buried and the Lord said, give your car away. I had a Camry that I just put a new engine in. Crazy about that car. I said, I'd rather give her to get married than for me to give my car away, but I'm not giving. The Lord said, give that car. I gave it away. That week I bought a Mercedes-Benz from an elderly gentleman, an old Mercedes-Benz. In a prime condition that 
morning I was on the way to the English service and the Lord said, there's going to be a family this morning. They need this car. I want to save the man. He doesn't know father love and he collects the cars. That's the only car in his collection that he doesn't have. You're going to get. I said, your devil get behind me. I said, you imitate the voice of God. I've given away the car last week. The Lord said, will you do it or not? I prayed that whole service. Don't let them come. Don't let them come. Don't let them come. Halfway through, the family walked in, and the Lord said, that's the family. I gave the key. And the man gave his heart to the Lord. I, um, somebody gave me a 7 Series BMW in a time when we were driving cars that you could see the pavement here. It's rusted. You hope you sit. You sit so weight speed so you can that you will not fall down through the floor. They gave me this 7 Series BMW, prime condition. Dr. Pete Kornoff was in the church. And the moment when the man put the key in my hand, the Lord said, that's not your car, you're just the channel. And I thought, oh, Jesus, I'm going to give the car to Dr. Kornoff. And the Lord said, no. I was driving the car three months, air condition, automatic transmission. Then the Lord said, give the car away. I fight that thought. And that big loft, they hit me with an axe because I was disobedient. And I said, your devil, when the man hit me, tonight I'm going to run over you. And the Lord said, no, it's not the devil, it's you. I told you to do a thing, you disobey me, and you opened the doorway for the enemy. I couldn't get rid of that car fast enough. On that Sunday morning, I gave it to Herman. God said, give it to him. So why do I tell you these things? That'd be good. My family, every, there's people here that does more than what I can ever do. It's surrender. He wants to use you to change the world. Are you ready this morning? If that's you, will you stand with me? Father, we say thank you right now. Every person that says surrender, this surrender, surrender, surrender. This morning, Lord, in this building, we surrender to you. I give myself away that it will not be words, but an action so that you can use me. Who will say that this morning? I give myself away. Will you raise your hands higher than normal? Say, I give myself away. I give myself away. These hands all over this building. So that you can use me. Say, here I am, Lord. Say, use me for your glory. I'm here for God's purposes to follow you as a disciple that you guide my life. Oh yes, I give myself away.
This world is not my own. My life is not my own. Everything I possess is not my own. It's all yours. I give it to you this morning. I give myself away this morning, not only to make heaven, but that you can use me from this moment on. On May the 9th, 1125 this morning, so that you can use me in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. I break off every negative thought, every excuse, everything God wants you to be a high achiever, to make it, to impact life, to impact this world by making this quality decision that you give yourself away this morning so that he can use me. Listen, the devil will try to talk you out of it. Say, no, Futsack devil, not me. I've got a made-up mind. A man with divided loyalty will be unstable in all his ways. My loyalty is with God and his purpose and his kingdom and his kingdom business this morning in the mighty name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus the living Christ. Are you blessed this morning? Turn to somebody, say, watch me from now on. Watch me from now on. Watch me. You look at a person who gave himself away and God's going to use him in a super abundant way. Brother Ryan, will you pray for us? God bless you. We love you. Have a phenomenal Mother's Day service. Invite somebody. Tell somebody. Because if you say, I hand myself over to God, you hand yourself over to people to win the lost and make disciples. in the name of Jesus. Father, because we don't belong to ourselves, Father, but to you, because you've paid the ultimate and the perfect price in the name of Jesus. We say thank you, Father, for that. We appreciate you, Father, this morning in the name of Jesus. And thank you, Father, God, you will go before us. You will be next to us. You will surround us today, Father, in the name of Jesus, by your presence, Lord. And we just know, Father, that we belong to you, Father, that we belong to you, that we are we have surrendered once again our lives to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we bless you. We honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And amen.